soup, technology, and no trading costs. On the next, give me some truth. You gotta leave your money behind you. Raise your hand to the sky. So today, the, uh, two men occupying the booth are Mitch and myself, Nate, talking about technology and some of the changes that uh, the end user has hopefully seen uh, from their advisory firm. And this is uh, prompted by what change in the industry, Mitch? Oh, there's all sorts of things going on around the world of trading and commission-free trading. It's one of the, the big things that a lot of news outlets are talking about, and you're starting to see that trickle down to TV advertisements for some of these firms. And there's a handful, I don't even know if we can say a full handful yet, but there's a number of, of some of the bigger firms around town that will, well, around the U.S., I should say, that have made this move to zero trading costs for U.S. stocks. And it's something that they're advertising pretty significantly. So you've probably already seen that. That's probably not news to you. You may have even tuned into a recent podcast that we did. But it's this prompted the discussion between Nate and I, then also Clint and I have been talking about just technology in general and and how that is impacting our industry and our world and how that can ultimately hopefully benefit the the investor and the end user. Exactly. But before we get to that, um, slight... um uh, deviation from the topic at hand. Did I go right into the topic too fast? We haven't had any fun yet. No, you didn't, we? but I was going to ask you, what is your favorite soup? My favorite soup. You know, I do enjoy just the classic broccoli cheddar, but I will also say that I am a big fan of, I had this like carrot ginger something Indian what? spiced soup, and that was really tasty. Where was Pro- it? Well, it was from Costco. <laughs> it wasn't even for fresh. It was just out of like a jar. Wow. And I had it and it was it was that good. Quite delicious. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. What made you think of that? Is it like it has fall fallen and well that, that th- soup? there's that, but I'm the kind of person that will drink excuse me, drink, that will uh, uh, eat soup literally every day if possible. So you use a straw when you say you drink soup. Um, Well, what made me think about that is Clint and I were having a weird conversation about like thermoses, you know? Yeah. And maybe I would become like a thermos coffee guy where like I was like, regardless of where I went, I would always have like a thermos of coffee with me. Yeah. And then he thought of the idea that maybe I could do that, but instead of coffee, it would be soup that would be in it. (laughs) So like at our Monday or our... uh, um, Tuesday morning marketing meetings at like nine in the morning, I could just be eating like beef vegetable out of my, out of my thermos. <laughs> just, I think I got a couple of years before I turn into that guy, right. but it's on the horizon. I will tell you it's, it's, well, it's the ideas are percolating. Let's put it you that could way. Incorporate one of those traveling thermos into your, your deer camp and into your, your woods experience, if you will. Well, I right. Totally see, that makes see sense you there. having sure, it right. that. Exactly. Which is why I had it. I had it in the, in the, in the, in the vehicle because of that. But, um, it, uh, it, then it, then it got me thinking like, you know, every once in a while I'll kind of see like thermos guy walking around and I'm like, yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's where I'll go. So what's your favorite soup then? Um, it's really difficult to answer cause I love soup so much, but I will narrow it down to, uh, chicken and wild rice. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Uh, clam chowder is fantastic. Um, but a really, really good French onion, 
you Ooh. know, with the cheese on the top and like in the crock, you know, how they, if they do it correctly, that's tremendous. Now that you mention it, um, that's, that's up there for it's me. It's right up there, right? See, yes. It's a tough question because there's so you start, then you start to think about them and then you're like, oh yeah, chicken tortilla soup is, mm-hmm. you know, fantastic. Costco and also has a chicken tortilla soup. That's is it good? Favorite. Yep. Oh man. Yeah. See, this is a scary path to go down and I shouldn't even have brought us down this path because I could... We could blink in an hour, I'll go by, and I'll still be talking about soups. So this is... Well, you and Clint have done lunch meats, deli meats, deli meats before. So maybe at some point in the future, there we is just talk the, There soup. is an infamous <laughs> Back in the Archives podcast of how we got off on a tangent. And we had the best intentions when we stepped into the booth. We actually had a topic that was worked out, and we okay, here's what we're going to talk about. At least I and got the just, intro in. It just time. went <laughs> dead sideways. It was great. It was awesome. And it went from deli meats to Cheetos to every which direction. All right, not it's not going to happen today. Back on topic. So the technology changes in our, in our industry. It's such a weird transition. Um, we heard a long time ago from somebody in the industry um, that – uh, you should look at changing one of your software packages or one of your technology packages, if you run a firm like ours, uh, one every single year. And for whatever reason, that stuck with both Clint and I, and it kind of became a benchmark in our heads when we established the firm of this is what we should try to do, not just to change for change's sake, because we think that that's kind of a silly thing that some people do. But if it has a better output, a better experience, a better deliverable to our clients, then we should not be afraid ourselves to change the system. And we should not be afraid of the impact that it'll have on the client, i.e. having to kind of get up and running on a new system. If we believe that in the end, it's going to produce a better result for the client, then let's make the change. Um, and that's the the kind of hallmark um, that we've tried to, to live by when it comes to uh, technology and software changes. And again, it's prompted from from TD Ameritrade and Schwab and Fidelity and these other companies taking their commissions down to, to or trading cash down to zero. You're seeing technology have a positive impact for the end user, and it's really, really exciting to see. Well, and specific to the trading costs, right? I mean, technology's impacted all our ways and or all of our lives in many different ways. When it comes to trading, if if we think 30 years ago, let's say, when you had to make a phone call into a broker for a trade and there's some sort of commission to trade it right and and whatever that commission might have been all of a sudden e-trade comes in yep. in what late 90s yep. early 2000s right. i don't know the exact exact year but e-trade comes in and they basically equipped and empowered the individual investor to to trade themselves without having to make a phone call online yeah and gave a heartbeat to a new occupation known as a Day trader. You remember right. back in the day, day traders, right? That was an occupation for people. It was crazy. Right. Only fostered because you had something like E-Trade. Exactly. Exactly. And now fast forward, you know, another 20 years, we'll call it. And here we are that there's still a, a lot, well, there's more. There's a lot more of retail investing type options where the the do-it-yourselfer can go in and make trades online. And, and all this competition, of course, drives down the cost to do that, right? So from the technology perspective first it was just the, the internet really needed to right. go live and everyone needed to have the internet in order for e-trade to come along enter more competition that continues to drive trading costs down and now we're to this point in time where recent news right firms are starting to say zero trading costs to yeah. actually make a trade and that of course is aided by technology in the hopes that that benefits some of the people the typical average do-it-yourself 
investor. And it's a good a good indication that if done correctly and if done under the right um, guidance and management, it's not always the case, unfortunately, in our world, but um, competition can be a really, really positive thing. And these firms competing... Um, and let's not let's not kid ourselves. I mean, they're they're obviously um, trying to make profit, and these are not for, you know non for profit non for profit organizations. I mean, there's a reason why they exist, right? But it is benefiting the end user. It, it is real money that the end user is saving. It is a it is a better environment in a lot of ways uh, today to be an investor than it was ten years ago, and that is an exciting development, and even something that's near and dear to. Um, well, to all of our hearts, but but even more so, you, Mitch. Um, you know, you've got a passion for socially responsible investing. Socially responsible investments now are now um, even known as ESG, a different acronym for it. But they're significantly cheaper in in a lot of ways than they were ten years ago. And again, a lot of that has to do with competition and these firms vying for investment dollars. And it's really it's really great to see. Well, that's a good point because when we're talking about the the zero dollar trading costs, that's one thing. Right, but then I think you're also kind of hinting at expense ratios, right? The old school mutual fund might have had one percent. Some still might if they're you know kind of an actively managed mutual fund, but expense ratios have also gone down, right? Because it's absolutely it's easier and more accessible to to make these trades and have access to a large basket of goods. So that's another thing that that benefits the person that's actually investing in that fund. Yeah, that, and it's it's good for us as a firm too because it's. The cheaper that we can operate as a firm when it comes to having, um, uh, you know, relations with custodians like TD Ameritrade and, um, you know, other areas of the industry that, that get more cost effective means that we have more uh, resources to be able to put into the technology that we have in our firm. And that that's another thing that we get excited about. We can do more uh, by way of financial planning software or performance software or whatever it might be. Um, that again benefits the end user. It's 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 great to see, um, it's great to see that things get better over time in a lot of ways. Because I think in in uh, um, a lot of the news cycles that we watch and news channels and, and newspapers we read, uh, we just keep getting hit over the head with how things are worse than they used to be. And and it's just cool to be able to see something that's better and has a positive effect, and not just a positive effect for a corporation or for a CEO or for a um, you know, somebody that already has, uh, you know, huge wealth, it's, it's effective and it's positive and it's, and it's a good thing for the average everyday investor. And that's not always the case. And I can think of, of a couple of software updates or, or changes that we've made. And again, we're not changing just to change. We're changing because there has to be incremental value to our clients or operationally for our business, right? Which if we become more efficient, in our business, that's going to benefit our clients as well. So that's why we make the change. And, and one particular one is on the financial planning software side that I think of. So I've been at this firm for not even two years. We're coming up on two years, which is crazy to think. But in that time, I can think of a few changes that we've made that ultimately try to benefit the client, one being right capital, which we use for financial planning. And where I came from, where it was, it was a much larger firm, right? Merrill Lynch, I've talked about this in other podcasts and blogs and things. And if they were to make a change to their financial planning software, there might be 15,000 advisors throughout the country that might not want to make that change, right? There could be a lot of internal pushback. 
on doing a change like that. We're nimble enough to go identify the greatest software package, in our opinion, for financial planning out there, get it. And we got trained up and launched live in a matter of, of months, probably, and started transitioning from old to new. We liked the interface better for our clients. We felt that it really empowers our clients to go in, make all the the what-if scenarios, right? Take a look at what if I retire earlier? What if I take a larger vacation in retirement on an annual basis? All these different trade-offs, right, which we felt empowers our clients. It's a better interface. They've got the app. They're always trying to get incrementally better. So we invested in it, and we did it. And we can do that in, like I said, a matter of months versus some of the places that I also have experience at where it's going to be a little bit slower to see some of those changes incorporated not only internally, but then ultimately trickling down to you, the the end user, as we keep saying. Yeah, it's not a it's not an, a pitch or a um, sales spiel, if you will, for why we're better than other firms. That's not what it is. Everybody that works in this industry does it for the the reasons why they do it, and they operate uh, the way they operate because that's how they want to do it. So it's not a matter of good or bad or right or wrong. It's just this is how we do it. But what we would say is. Um, for people that work with other advisors or people that, that are not familiar with our firm, uh, if you are still, uh, or so, I'll say it a different way, if you think back over the last three, four, five years uh, that, that um, you've been with that advisor or that firm and you haven't seen, um, I'll call it meaningful change, you know, whatever that might be, whether it's a system change, whether that's a technology change, whether that's a uh, process change, whatever it might be. If you haven't seen meaningful change, and, and hopefully over that period of time, multiple meaningful changes, that should prompt you to look around a little bit. Because, um, you know, my father always used to say, and still does, um, you know, that in the world of business, that there's not there's no standing still, right? You're either moving ahead or you're falling behind. It's not, there's not there's not a neutral position, you know. And so that's kind of how I I've always been. Uh, kind of trained to look at business, you know, growing up in that household. Um, and I think Clint would agree with, uh, you know, with me as well, as well as the, the rest of the team here, uh, that at the end of the day, if you're not getting better, then you are incrementally getting worse. And so we tend to look at it that way and think, how can we get better and how can we make it um, the, the best total package that we can for clients? And um, it, it, again, it's not it's not any earth shattering that we're we're talking about today, but it's more of calling out the idea of technology and this move to um, that Schwab and TD and, and Fidelity made uh, to go to no transaction cost is a huge huge step in our industry. Uh, I saw a full page ad on the, in the Wall Street Journal. I don't know who I don't know which of the three I can't remember which of the three, but a full page ad. I mean that's got to cost some cash. Holy cow. Oh, yeah. um, you know, talking about that. And, and so it's a, it's a big thing. Um, we obviously get excited about it cause this is our industry and, and we're passionate about it. Um, and if you're not passionate about our industry, because some people actually look at us like, you know, going to the dentist, uh, with all due respect to dentists out there, um, <laughs> understand that it benefits you, even if you don't, uh, are not a big fan of our industry, it benefits you. It's a good thing. It's a positive step in the right direction. We'll continue to see more positive steps in the right direction because these companies are continuing to compete for uh, the end user's dollar, and uh, that's great to see. It's a, it's a really nice um, way to see competition benefit the end user. And the other cool thing about TD Ameritrade, which is where our clients or where our clients' assets are held, is 
there's some technology enhancements and things that we thought were really unique. And this goes back to before I was with the firm, but when Clint and Nate were deciding who they wanted to work with, which custodian, whether it was the Fidelity or TD or Schwab, right? And some of the the efficiency software around trading, which our clients would never even know exists because when we're doing a rebalance of, of our clients' portfolios, there's some really cool, unique tools that really only TD has. And again, from making our business more efficient, where instead of taking three full days to rebalance client portfolios, that can be done in a day now, right? And it still requires a fair amount of work and assessment and um, analysis, but it helps us become more efficient so we can spend more time in the planning software, for example, actually working on a client's financial plan trying to elevate the client experience elsewhere, you know, with our content, with our blogs, with with this podcast, for example. So it really allows us to get information out there and free up time to do these types of activities, which again, are kind of pushing the limit a little bit in our industry, right? Not everyone's doing some of these things. And and just thinking of an easy example where if, if once a month and we go through rebalance, that was cut from two, three days a time to something that can be accomplished in less than a day, it allows us to do all these other things and, and really elevate that client experience as a whole. It is. And that's, that's kind of why we get excited about it. Um, and, uh, again, it's, uh, it's just, it's just great to be in an industry that, you know, maybe not every time, but in a lot of times does the right thing. And, and, um, it benefits people that, that, uh, that trust it and rely on it and need it, you know, for, uh, you know, for their financial future and their retirement. So, we appreciate everybody listening today. We'll be back with another installment, but I'm going to end on this. Um, what's the best soup that you've had in the last month? Well, for one, I'm really glad you brought it back to soup because I was hoping that we could talk about bread vo- bread bowl versus traditional oh, bowl as well. Yeah, you know we do have a little bit of time. All right, we let's do. briefly talk about yeah. bread bowl. What, what are your what are your thoughts on this? You Big. have to answer my question first. So, best soup in the last month that you had? Well, I'm delaying because I'm trying to think of that. No, I know, so right? that's you why I'm to going go to first. Bowl. Is that where this is going? Well, you know, I I did have a pretty good chili this past weekend, and that was just from Whole Foods actually. But I feel like we're still just getting into fall, so I haven't yeah, had a right. ton of soup, especially in the last thirty days. What are your thoughts on a pumpkin soup? Yeah, I'm down. You're down? Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know if I can, if I can do that. Uh, what are your thoughts on a pumpkin soup? I don't know. I, I think I I think I would be okay. I would like that much better than like a squash soup. That I don't think I could do. I, yeah. don't, I, don't, I don't know that I'm down with that. I mean, I can do just about any soup. And get out of here with the cold soups. That's stupid. Cold, that's no. That's oxymoronic no, no, right Exactly. There. <laughs> that's ridiculous saying a cold soup. No, that's not. That, that's a dumb thing. So. Yeah. But give me that bread bowl. I am down. You're down with the bread bowl? Yep. Yeah, I guess I am, but it's got to be the right kind of soup. Um, and a good sourdough. I mean, the bread matters. Yeah, exactly. The bread does matter, and you are right that, well, I mean, okay, we'll take a slight sidestep here. Sourdough is the best bread. I just right? bought some yesterday. Everybody, yeah, it's right. The sourdough is the best bread. It's, uh, I don't think it's hands down. That's that's obvious <laughs> to, to most people. Um, yeah, I'm good with I'm good with the bre- the bread bowl. Maybe okay. not in every case. Definitely not with a broth soup though. It's got to right. be a cream based soup. Oh yeah. You yes, because if it's a broth soup, that's you're gonna just have problems. That's not gonna work out very well. I think next lunch we have Nate. We we have to get soup. Yeah, I'm down. It's one of the things that I that it frustrates me a little bit about Madison is like I, I I would love more of the kind of traditional delis, you know, 
I know we have a couple, but I mean, it would be nice to get a few more where you can actually get a good salad. I feel like I'm a hundred years old. I want a <laughs> bowl of soup. Uh, but yeah, I'm, that's, I'm, I'm down, man. That's <laughs> one of the things that I'm passionate about. Soup. Soup and low trading costs. <laughs> right. Awesome. Way to wrap that all, all I did. together. It came back. Yeah. Came back around. Yeah. All right. We'll be back uh, in the uh, near future with another installment of Give Me Some Truth. Advisory services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, Mitch DeWitt, and Keith Ponywaz are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered, and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not provide any advice that is investment-related, nor should any comments that guests make be construed as giving investment advice. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Walkner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.